Welcome to Binge Watch with us. That's Pickles. And that's Lisa. And this week we have a very special guest, my dear friend, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Who she just met 10 minutes ago. Right. Lisa just met Jesse a few minutes ago. I have known Jesse for a very, very long time since I was a little tot. And I thought that Jesse would be perfect for this episode because this week we binge watch. Unsolved, The Murders of Tupac and the Notorious B.I.G. Is he Biggie Smalls or is he Notorious B.I.G.? What's the difference? Or maybe just Biggie. Yeah, okay. let's just go with Biggie. I, okay. I, I've always referred to him as Biggie. We'll go okay. with that. I don't, I don't want to get it wrong. Notorious B.I.G. seems to me like his first and last name. <laughs> Mr. B.I.G. Yes. Mr. B.I.G. Notorious yes. <laughs> So what did we all think? Lisa, did you like this show? I did. Remember, I watched it before you. Yeah, you finished watching it before me, which never, ever happens. Lisa usually finishes watching right before we start recording. I was like, give me a half hour more. I got to finish up. <laughs> what about you, Jesse? Do you binge watch a lot? I, I actually don't. Um, <gasps> before this one, the last time I binged was uh, Breaking Bad, which mm-hmm. is a great show. Mm-hmm. But this this one for me was very special. I've actually been binge watching this one since 1996. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been following this since the death of Tupac, and I've always been intrigued by the theories. And uh, th- this one was, uh, it was easy for me to get down that rabbit hole. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. I really did. Good. Yeah, I really, really liked it. I got to say, this is our second USA show that we binged watch. Right. And I feel like I should be watching more USA shows. Thank you. We watch um, Suits. That's on USA. Uh, I don't think I like that. I love it. Uh, well, I did. I don't love it anymore since the princess left, but um, I loved it before that. You know what? I spend all day with lawyers. I don't need to watch it on TV. <sighs> no, you don't. Uh, <laughs> one, you know, you never see any attorneys. And True. Two, yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. Um, well, go. I don't have any Netflix news this week. Do you? No, I really don't. Um, okay. I don't. I think they're kind of in that middle period. Where they're still telling you what's coming out in March, and they haven't yeah. really got to April yet. So we're. I kind have of... watched. I've already watched the first episode of Queer Eye. Queer Eye, yes. <gasps> How was it? Oh my god, it's so sweet. Of course it is. Yeah, love uh, those guys. So let's just jump right into the show. Okay. I really liked the acting. I did too. I thought the guy who played Tupac looked. When you looked at him straight on, I thought he looked. A lot like Tupac. When he turned, not so much. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Biggie, Jesse? I thought the voice was great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the actor that played him, his mannerisms were pretty good. Mm-hmm. The overall look, I didn't think it was right there, but you know what? It didn't have to be. I thought he portrayed Biggie pretty good, and mm-hmm. I was impressed. I was really impressed with the series mm-hmm. in a whole, and I thought all the actors did a pretty good justice to the characters that I've known of and the guys that I've actually uh, followed up on and watched in interviews mm-hmm. up until this series came out. And I, I don't have any negatives as far as the acting. These guys were great. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, though, Jimmy Simpson is such a weird guy. <laughs> Who the hell is that? Jimmy Simpson played Russell Poole, the detective in the early oh, 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The whole time I'm like, where do I know him from? And even when I looked it up, I still wasn't sure. Okay, do you want to play Who's That Actor? Of course, always. Oh, my Lord. Jimmy Simpson is the man in black on Westworld. Oh, my God, you're right. But hold on, I got another one for you. Okay, what else? He's also the detective in Ozarks. Oh, 
I had to give up Ozarks. It gave me bad dreams. Oh, come really on. bad dreams. Well, you see that that again, that world, that that's another good series. I love it. See, and that's why we brought you on. If I can't handle Ozarks, there's no way I was going to be able to cover this story hey, look, good without actor. somebody like you. Guy, hey, look, Guy is a good actor. For he, sure. He's, he's a good actor, but that, that character, I guess the body language, that's kind of a thing for him. Yeah. He's uh, that animated, that kind of, I don't know what it is, that shim, that, yeah. that little knows. shimmy he does. He It's it's a little strange, but hey, good, good guy, good actor for sure. He made me nervous. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he really made me nervous. I was like, Jesus Christ, you're going to have a heart attack. And then what does he do? He has a heart attack. He had a heart attack. And he was young. Young. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't know the life expectancy of LA homicide detectives. Well, hold well, on. I, I look, I think I might've gotten a heart attack too. <laughs> yeah. If I was faced with all that, uh, that, that poor guy. Man. He, he, he was, he lost his mind. They put him through the ringer. They, they, they yeah. really did the whole the whole case, the, the investigation, all of it. And they talk about that on last podcast. They're like, he went down this rabbit hole, and he couldn't come out, and it ruined him. He went deep. Me and Lisa listened to last podcast. They did a three-part episode series on the Biggie and Tupac murders. Jesse did a lot of YouTube research. What mm-hmm. did you see on YouTube? So uh, the YouTube that I've watched, uh, real quick, the videos, a lot of it has been on Greg Kading. And uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not so much his theories, but just the the work, the the time, and all that he put in. I, I learned even with like his personal account, learning more about the task force. Uh, you know, as it relates to the show, was a new one on me. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't aware that there was an actual uh, full task force on this case. But um, listening to him and the information that that he's brought, it was pretty much spot on. Mm-hmm. On on the show, I, I was uh, and and I've even I even sent uh, Pickles a, a clip of, of another interview, and uh, it was uh, just just to show you what type of guy he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if you were able to to pick up anything on it. No, I did. He's a super intelligent yeah. guy. You sent me a video through text message, and I have to say, he seems like a really smart guy. Uh, very, he seems very present. He seems very bright. But I also have to say, Josh Dumel was the perfect actor for him. Yes, not bad at all. Yeah, he did a good I job. Liked him. I thought he did good. I don't know what Russ Poole looked like. I can't imagine that he looked like Jimmy Simpson. <laughs> he might. No, nothing. Nothing. nothing okay, oh, Jesse okay, says good. no. Because no. I was concerned too. I was like, oh god. Greg Kading in his in his interviews regarding this case was never. He never came off to me where he was ma- making a fast judgment. He wasn't quick at the hip. He mm-hmm. was very. He, he was very open to all of all of the evidence. Yeah. And that was really a, a cool thing about him in, in his live interviews that I've seen. Um, he didn't just, he wasn't just one person to say, he, he didn't point his finger at just one person. It just, mm-hmm. uh, he, he was very open for, from what I gather uh, with his time throughout the investigation mm-hmm. until the end, of course. Yeah. yeah. That's sort of what the media did back in the early 90s that w- when these two murders happened, it was very easy for the media to sensationalize this and go, Mm, no, no. That, that's your man right there. Yeah, no. Jesse's showing me a picture of uh, uh-huh. Russ Poole, and he, Jimmy Simpson would have had to gain about 50 pounds. Maybe the mustache? Maybe. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, there's no way a cop's that skinny. No, there's no way a cop is that skinny. <laughs> Cut that out. I don't want to die in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving that in. Oh, um, God, I'm going to die. 
Yeah, but no, it was really easy for the media to sensationalize this and make it, this is a, a Bloods versus Crips and East Side versus West Side thing. So that brings me to another topic that I wanted to talk to both y'all about, the influence of these artists. So mm-hmm. let me just get this out of the way now, not to brag, but I was 10 when Tupac got shot. So... <laughs> just a little baby. <laughs> I don't... I have very little recollection of this actually happening, mm-hmm. and I have no real-life influence. I, <laughs> Lisa, as a somewhat 90s goth, what was your influence from Biggie and Tupac? 90s none. goth? None. Yeah, um, none. I mean, I, I, I was more the early rap stuff uh, when it first hit the scene. You were more of a Run DMC type Exactly. Fan? Like, I've always liked everything. So I respected Tupac. I know nothing about Biggie. Until I watched this, I was like, I knew he was a singer, you know, a rapper, sorry. And bits and pieces from pop culture. But his songs, I was like, no clue. Mm-hmm. No, But Tupac, I did. I wasn't really affected by their deaths at all. I mean, I was kind of like, well, you live the gangster life. Unfortunately, if you play the part, sometimes you get burnt by it. And to me, because they mix... With Suge Knight, is that his name, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. To me, that's just a bad dude all around. Like, <laughs> and and I understand that that Tupac kind of got coerced into the situation with him, but God, he's bad news. <laughs> it's just. It's like these artists get caught up in that portrayal and mm-hmm. the image of what that performer of what that star is supposed to shine like. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, I feel like that's e- even a lot of newer artists today. Are getting caught up into that same mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, you know, uh, I, when when I found out about two, I was in the tenth grade when when Tupac died, and <laughs> yeah, it, so you were prime. Yeah, for so it. that was like, yeah. so that was really big right there in that time. Sure. When it, I mean, just a few months later, when Biggie passed, mm-hmm. so that that was really big. Um, music was kind of you know changing, and then of course the then you have the East Coast, West Coast, and the Blood mm-hmm. Crip. The mm-hmm. theories and mm-hmm. the gangs behind the the machine and just mm-hmm. a really wild thing and to 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 think about all that as an adult now I know mm-hmm. how I thought about it when I was fifteen or sixteen sure but now thinking about it as a thirty eight year old mm-hmm. I guess I can understand it but I don't really get it yeah yeah. Yeah. It's it's not as though any of us I, have I experienced any of the background that Tupac and Biggie no. had. Well, no. And like I said, I think Tupac, from what I heard and have read a little bit about, I think he was more of an artist. Like he... Deep dude. Really deep Yeah. Like he did poetry and he was really an all-around artist where I feel like Biggie could do a few things, but he wasn't Tupac attended a school for the arts. Um, He actually went to school with uh, Mm -hmm. Jada Pickett Smith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he he was that kind of guy. You're you're right. Mm Mm-hmm. Deep dude. Around the, t- well, late 80s, early 90s, I worked in music stores. So, you know, of course, you know, we, we sold. <laughs> Obviously, Shout the out rap to Sam records. Goody. Yeah. Sam Goody? What's Sam Goody? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Camelot I actually worked at Camelot. Yeah, that's first. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and them all. It was awesome. Shout out. But, so the only things I really remember about kind of closer to that time and and with the rap um universe and whatnot is when ice t came out with cop killer mm-hmm. do you remember that that Y'all was a big don't. one that was yeah. that, no that was huge 
I remember it because I watched it on Straight Out of Compton, mm-hmm. the movie that came out like what, like two years ago. <laughs> so I understand yes. the, uh, the 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 ramifications that it had, but again, I have no memory yeah. of it. So I remember us having to pull it off the shelves. Wow, we had to pull it. Because it was serious, Lisa. You were being like you were you were aiding and abetting the man. Guys, the federal Wait. the federal government <laughs> right. stepped in. I mean, yeah. When you when you ruffle those guys' feathers, way to go, Lisa. Just like helping the patriarchy. Well, no, we all bought it. I know. <laughs> Employees bought it, and then they're like, "You got to yank it off the shelf." And my manager was such a little weasel at the time. Like he still sold it. He just was, like people would come in. And he'd be like, "I'm not supposed to sell it to you, but," and sell it to him anyways. But it was a big deal. I mean, it was really a big deal. People, especially cops, I mean, this is in Florida. They just weren't having it. Nope. No, that, that, you, you're right. And I remember when Ice-T performed with, was it Bodyguard? Was that the name of that band he was in? I don't remember. I don't recall either. But, you know, he was kind of, it was kind of rap. It was kind of. He went through a grunge thing. I know exactly yeah, what you're talking I remember. Yeah, remember? Yes, I and do. And he played um, at a place. I didn't go to the concert, but I had some friends that went. It was it was crazy, so that's my kind of remembrance of the early rapper rappers around that time, maybe a little bit earlier, but yeah. I don't know. So let's crazy. talk about the conspiracies. <gasps> so we released a mini episode recently. This was our first mini episode. Mm-hmm. Lisa and I watched what is it behind, behind the, the curve? curve? Yes, and we were <laughs> both so inspired by these flat earthers that we had to just record a mini episode real quick. Uh, so if you have not watched Behind the Curve and you haven't listened to that episode, go do it now. It's, do it now. Stop what you're doing. It's worth your time. Trust me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. You and I both get on these like um, when we re- when we pick out episodes, we kind of unintentionally get on these themes. Like in January, we kind of had like a serial killer thing going on, and we didn't. No, really we had um, over- overprivileged white men. Yes. Yeah. I think that's really it. Wasn't serial killers. Uh- <laughs> Um, and it seems like March is the month of conspiracy theories. <gasps> I know. So, okay, let me There give... were many. There were many in this show. There were many. And Jesse was telling me before we recorded that he he learned of a new conspiracy <clears throat> theory from this show that as long as he's followed this, he'd never even heard of before. But, okay, go. Well, I'm going to get him to tell you about that. But first, I wanted to, I wanted to lay this information on y'all. And then you mm. take this um, into your conspiracy theories how you would like. Tupac was shot on September 7th, which Mm -hmm. was my 10th birthday. And then he died on September 13th, which is my mom's birthday. (gasps) You know what's really funny about that? I mean, besides, you know, that's weird. The fact that 10-year-old Pickles might have contributed to the conspiracy of the murder of Tupac Shakur. Uh, I think it's a definite link. For sure. Um, We need to get in touch with Greg Kading. (laughs) Does he know about me? Somebody email him. (laughs) Detective Poole needs to be in with her. I never, I don't think I realized that Tupac didn't die on the scene Mm -hmm. until I watched this. I thought he was shot and dead. Like, I didn't know that he lived for days. That was a new one on me also. So the, 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 uh, the view of him in the hospital with his mother, Mm -hmm. I told my wife that I wasn't aware that he was conscious. Uh, Didn't know that. Well, and he kind of 
wasn't. <laughs> I mean, he kind of was there, but he kind of... He seemed to be aware know. of what his mom was saying to right. him. Yeah. And when but... I first watched this, I thought to myself, okay, they're taking a little bit of liberty with the story. Yeah. To, to yeah. add more dramatic effects, there's no mm-hmm. way that Tupac was actually awake for that. Well, an account like that had to have come from his mother. That's for something sure. else I thought of. Yeah. And, I, and I believe that testimony from her... A lot of this stuff, just my opinion, I think that this script is, is old. I think that this information and account has been taken over years and years. Mm-hmm. And I believe that Afeni Shakur, at some point, told people about a conversation that she had with the doctor mm-hmm. and holding Tupac's hand and telling him what was going on. And the, But this was, this was new to me. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool that they incorporated that into the series. Me too, yeah. That was awesome. I got upset after he died when she started turning off machines because I've been in the room when people have died. They don't let you touch the machine. Yeah. I'm just letting y'all know. Sorry. I was like, girl, no. Dramatic Shakur, effect. Yeah, Tupac Shakur's mom was not given the authority to say, let's go ahead and stop life resuscitating. Well, she she could have done that. Oh, I don't know. No way. No, I mean, I think... I think I that, mean, that that's a real thing, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, the doctors are going to do what they can to, to save a life. I, I mean, it, there was a really good dramatic effect. They would not have had her in the room. That hospital would have gotten so much credit for keeping Tupac alive. There's no way that they stopped. It's it's a gray area. I think... I don't know if... I, don't, I think if, if it happened otherwise, I don't know if anybody would let that scene come out like that. I mean, that's, that's kind of big. True, true. That's true. I mean, I think what... I don't know. I find it really hard to believe that they're 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 trying to bring him back to life, and it went down like that, where she's like, "No, just let him go." I'm wondering if they were trying to bring him back to life, and then somebody told her, "Yeah, she wasn't going to be in the room." I'm telling you that they would have pushed her out, and they would have been like, "We're trying to, but we're not getting anywhere," and la la la. And then she could have been like, "Let's stop, let's stop it." But yeah, her being in the room you- and being like, "No." Let him go. Is and you see, after the second procedure, something else I learned. Uh, he seemed to me like he was conscious. His mm-hmm. he was his mm-hmm. he was he was awake. Mm-hmm. And I was I'd always assumed I thought just from things that I had seen on the internet and reports that I'd read, I thought that he never actually came out of the second surgery. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for him to be alive and conscious and somewhat communicating and reacting to his mother's words. Mm-hmm. after the second surgery before he appeared to go into some kind of cardiac arrest mm-hmm. that that was new to me i, I wasn't aware that he was uh, in an awoken state and that's why he's alive in cuba right now very possible <laughs> very possible in havana smoking the cuban cigars um, all right he goes by sam smith now i believe uh-huh. um, he has the michael jackson nose Oh no, stop it. <laughs> and Biggie went on a diet. If we had the strength, if oh, let me correct. If I had the strength to get through the Michael Jackson documentary that just came out, I might ask you to come back for that one too. Watched it. You watched yeah, it? Yeah, I watched it too. Watched it. Now, I had to. I now had you to. are a huge Michael Jackson fan. Big time. How do you feel? You know, throughout throughout the years, I've seen both of those young men in videos. Mm-hmm. I've watched documentaries. I've, I mean, I when when um when Google and video on internet came out in the '90s on the internet, I was searching Michael Jackson, and <laughs> so I've seen a lot of those videos and him with those guys, and um I don't believe it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I, I don't I don't think that their accusations are true. Okay. Hmm. I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard watch. Yeah, I it's, don't. It it punches you in the gut. Yeah, 
Yeah. So before we were recording, Jesse um, told me we were having a couple of beers before we Skyped called Lisa that mm-hmm. that one of the theories introduced at the end of this series was new to you. Yeah, so okay. the theory behind uh, Reggie Wright Jr. being the conspirator mm-hmm. of the um, the hit uh, initially on Tupac in Vegas, that, that was new to me. And then to learn that uh, Suge was actually the target. So wow. uh, mm-hmm. my whole experience with this was that, and I, I told Pickles this earlier, that I thought that uh, Keefe D did this in retaliation well, the, the 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 Biggie murder in retaliation to not getting paid mm-hmm. uh, for for another hit. I thought he was behind the Tupac shooting with his nephew Orlando Anderson. Mm-hmm. So to hear that Reggie Wright, who was extremely tight with Suge Knight, mm-hmm. head of, head of Suge uh, head of Death Row Security, mm-hmm. and then at some point takes over as CEO for Death Row while Suge is incarcerated, <laughs> to learn that he had a a, a theory he, he conspired to. Kill Suge Knight and entirely take over Death Row was kind of mind blowing to me. Yeah. Well, ne- never heard that. Never. That's that's some Game of Thrones shit right there. <laughs> that's something Littlefinger would pull for sure. And then re- and then real quick, Reggie Wright also has LAPD history in him. His Ooh. father, I-, I believe he was definitely a LAPD. I know his father was all had some kind of uh, position with uh, authority also in LA. Yeah, well, my understanding is that this investigation, like, they actually know who did it. They just don't have the evidence that they need to take it to trial. To prove it. And that's why it's just sitting. Yeah, in in the notes that just accidentally deleted on my phone, (laughs) I had found an AMA from Greg Kading um, that he did on Reddit. And the very first question out of that AMA was, who did it? And Mm -hmm. he he was convinced that it was Keefe D., Mm-hmm. Who sh- who shot Biggie and it was um, Orlando Anderson that shot Tupac. Then mm. he said straight out there was no questions. There were periods. That was that's his his yeah. uh, understanding of the situation. He just can't prove it. And to 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 go to Vegas uh, th- that night. Um, so Keefe D put himself in the car with Orlando Anderson and I believe mm-hmm. one other person. Mm-hmm. Two other people. I, okay, two other people. I, those two other people. I'm not aware of who of who they are, but. Keefe D acknowledged that they they took that that was a hit that was planned and orchestrated by Puffy. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And and I believe what I had briefly mentioned a little while ago was that Keefe D, uh, the murder of Biggie was a retaliation because I don't believe that Puffy ever came through on payment. No. For uh, the murder of Tupac Shakur. Ah, uh, that does make so, sense though. And, and and remember, Keefe D was in attendance mm-hmm. at the party for Biggie Smalls. Mm-hmm. When he was out there for the release of um, Life After Death. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wait, okay, so that gets us into another conspiracy theory. The the album titles. How crazy is that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he, he titles his album Life After Death and then dies, what, like three months later? I remember the first one. What, what was the title to his first album? Oh. Ready, was... Ready to Die. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was Biggie's first, um, I guess... You know, real release, uh, mm-hmm. ready to die, and then you have all this chaos going on, and then mm-hmm. life after death drops. So was it like a self fulfillment prophecy, sort of? It would appear. <gasps> was he like Abe Lincoln and saw his death all the time? Oh my God! Abe You're Lincoln right. is Biggie Smalls. 
They're the same person. <laughs> or could That's this, the new conspiracy. Or could or could this second album have had a different title and marketing change the name to Life After Death they to could. Cat? Really? Just another theory, mm-hmm. just to cash in. I wouldn't put it past Puffy. Well, no. remember when... Puffy had Tup- the money to do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. When Tupac got shot pe- the first time. Mm-hmm. Remember? And they showed it Qu- on the Quad show. Quad Studios. Yeah. And then he yep. got the shit beat out of him and all that stuff. Well, just because I just listened to this on last podcast, <laughs> they said that Tupac was very slippery with the guns. He was oopsies he was, with them a lot, so he actually shot himself. <laughs> oopsies. Uh, I, I don't. I, I, be, I believe that they, that could have been a possibility. Yeah, no but then I they think did that beat the, the shit they, out of them. They him. played it on the show. I mm-hmm. think that could have gone down like that. You got to remember, Tupac wasn't a in real life. Yeah. What's his name? Did it the NFL player? Tup, Tupac Tupac yes. wasn't. Yeah, uh, Burleson. Uh, yeah, no, maybe. Um, Burleson. Nah, it, it starts with a B. There was a no, I, but I know who you're talking about. He's but that can it. in the heat of the moment, you're reaching down to get that thing. Yeah. The first thing you want to do is pull. So he he pulled the trigger before he mm-hmm. pulled. So mm-hmm. I, I could I could see that happening. Yeah. But Tupac again, Tupac wasn't a real trigger man. He wasn't a gangster. No. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a gangbanger. No. He played one on TV. Well, and, and he, and he and it counts up to him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Lisa, do you have any other things that you want to talk about with conspiracy theories? Well, I, I it's not really a conspiracy theory. I did not know that Suge was driving the car the night Tupac got shot. Was that true? Yeah. He uh Suge was that's that was his BMW. So yeah, so that that was the theory that Jesse had not heard of. Somebody who's been following the story for a long okay. time. That Suge was actually the target of this uh assassination. Mm-hmm. Right. And and up until up until the show, um, I was under the impression that these guys got into the fight at the MGM Grand that night mm-hmm. after the Tyson fight, mm-hmm. and Tupac was just a simple victim of just gang violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I had always assumed with with the Vegas incident, mm-hmm. and that was the narrative that the LAPD yeah. put out. It, yeah. it may, I mean, you know, and look it, to, to the simple mind, it, it uh, just from the outside looking in, it that does make sense. Sure. Uh, the fact that Tupac was just a victim of some gang stuff that he had no business being involved in. Mm-hmm. Well, and did Suge get any kind of damage from them shooting up the car? Because it looked like he was fine. Yeah, he, no, he he took one of the head. He was grazed in the head. Okay. Uh, I, I believe I believe there were a couple. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they were. They, he got fired on. No okay. doubt. So then, this, so then, back to the the new theory. It makes sense that he would have gotten shot. Yes, because well, Keith, because no, who was it? Uh, Reggie. That Wright Reggie Wright Jr. would have taken over if Shug right. had died. He would have taken over. Yeah, mm-hmm. which he did. Uh, say Pac lived. <laughs> yeah, Shug's gone. Right. Mm-hmm. All all of the turmoil would. I mean, he he was the black cloud. Like he was the he was the storm at death row. It was all mm-hmm. his moves. So you get him out. He was the Voldemort. And look, so mm-hmm. then at that point, you've got Reggie Wright Jr. With the stable of artists, Tupac, who now again want to work, you've got Suge yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine how hard they would have hit up the recording studios yeah. if Suge had died. I know the albums that would have come out of that uh, out of that recording. Studio. They would have never lost Snoop. They right. would have never lost Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. They would have never lost. I mean, you had Nate Dogg there. Mm-hmm. I think Corrupt and Daz Dillinger stayed. They kind. Con- I think at one point Daz. Was the CEO of Death Row Records, <laughs> so they, the the artists were all still there. Right. Yeah. Uh, Tupac dying was just, I think, the straw that 
broke the camel's back. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Shug is not, <laughs> from anything I've ever seen, he's not really a, uh, a good businessman, per se. Uh, <laughs> I think he, I think he, he's a good businessman in the fact that he rules by fear. Correct. Well, one of the things that last podcast mentioned is that what they actually got Shug on um, during the, um, is it Kading? Greg Kading? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, during, he was the one that was running the task force. During the Greg Kading um, investigation was uh, insurance fraud. So it's like it, it, it wasn't it wasn't enough that this dude was running a record label that mm-hmm. he was actually uh you know still making royalties off of Tupac after he's died. Mm-hmm. But this dude was oh, several years. Well, yeah. and, and the show kind of gets into that with that last Impala that's got the memorial of Tupac painted on the trunk, mm-hmm. and how his baby mama right yeah. took that took that um. That Impala, and then sold it to a pawn shop, right? Mm-hmm. Even though she didn't have the papers for it. Yeah. <laughs> Which... So and and then and then claiming that the car was stolen—that's insurance fraud. Right. It, it wasn't enough for him to just run Death Row Records. He had to be involved in all these other dumb little shit. Greed. Yeah. Greed. Exactly. You know? Exactly. He's he's shaking down whatever. He yeah. had a lot of people around him involved in in uh, different types of fraud and mm-hmm. identity schemes and just. All types of things. That's how they got that baby mama. Yeah, yeah. she had identity fraud. So uh, the the types of things. Look, what was he the the mastermind? Absolutely, but he he wasn't very smart when it came to carrying out. Yes. The end result. He just yeah. he just didn't have it, and I think the greed is what caught up with him, no mm-hmm. doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, any last thoughts on this that you want to get out? I want to know what what theory you guys are going with. I like to believe in chaos in the universe, and I really do think that it was Keefy D who <laughs> just took Puffy's offhanded comment of, boy, I would give anything for, for Tupac's head or Shook's head. And at the and time, then, that, was a mil- that. that was a million dollars Well, on we the table for we, both of them. We don't know that Puffy said that. We do, Can mm. I imagine Puffy saying, I would give a million dollars for those dudes to die? I don't think he really meant it. But can I believe I TPD took it as like serious? <laughs> Absolutely, he's an idiot. Well, and again, you've got a that's look n- not a, a street savvy person maybe, but when it comes to uh, education, these right. these people were money driven. Yes, mm-hmm. the, the 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 smarts of it, I don't think really mattered. Mm-mm. What about you, Lisa? I really think it's a multiple forces. Um, yeah. I think we talked about that. That uh, it, Suge Knight's definitely involved. I think the LAPD's involved. In some aspects of it. And then there's some side characters. Like the actual shooter and things mm-hmm. like that. So I think it's a lot of different things. I don't know if you could parts. ever blame like one person. Mm-hmm. Like okay. you can't just say it's Suge Knight. Because he would have been like the person to. Like you said think of it. But he wasn't mm-hmm. the one to pull the trigger. Right. Okay yeah. so. I just think it was. I think it's. it was a mastermind. Suge, with, Suge was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. When, when Biggie was gunned down. Yeah. Uh, I, I had my theory before this, mm-hmm. and I'm going back to the drawing board. Really, yes. this show changed. I, 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 I had I had a theory. I, I was okay, and I accepted the fact that Orlando Anderson killed Tupac in a revenge killing mm-hmm. after being jumped in NGM Casino that night. Sure, but I, I also believe that uh, there was a conversation between Puffy and Keefy D. Mm-hmm. You, this guy also was hired as a, a security for mm-hmm. Bad Boy when Bad Boy was on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So I believe that there's a, a motivational force for his retaliation mm-hmm. against Puffy and Bad Boy for not getting paid 
for something he believed he was being contracted for. Mm-hmm. So, but then I mean, after hearing Russell Poole and the, That's I, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't yeah. think Russell Poole. I don't think Russell Poole was crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think he just went down the rabbit hole. He wasn't I don't crazy. think he was off the reservation. <laughs> well, look, I'm back there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm back. I'm back at the rabbit hole. <laughs> That's awesome. So I don't know. Uh, hey, look, guys, I, I think they're all valid theories. I think the uh, the show was great. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Um, I really enjoyed it because I wasn't expecting to really like it because, like I said, it's kind of not something I knew a lot about and didn't have a mm-hmm. lot of interest in, mm-hmm. per se. But then when I started watching it, I was like, God, this is really, but this is a good show and it's a good story. It was good. You and I are both true crime fanatics. Yes. And what bigger true crime story <laughs> Is there than Tupac and Biggie and, and LAPD being dirty oh, and yeah covering things up it goes and all the way to the top being involved in gangs themselves. Uh, well, and like like we said before, I think a lot of it was the media influence. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. you said, the East Coast West Coast thing. Um, Shug, Puffy, LAP. I mean, it's just a so many fun elements. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and listen though, and these guys, these players that we're talking about, whether whether just we'll pick on Puffy and Suge. Mm-hmm. These guys had the money at that time in the mid '90s to move whatever mountains they wanted sure. to. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. These these guys could have paid any gang member looking to be affiliated, mm-hmm. or anybody that wanted to make a name, mm-hmm. anybody that would have wanted to be in their company to do what 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 they wanted. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So that's crazy. Lisa, do you want to do Obsession Session? Yes, if you want to. Obsession Session is the part of the show where me and Lisa talk about what we've been obsessed with over the past week. Oh, okay. Not including the show that we binged watched. Okay. <laughs> um, my obsessions personally change week to week. Okay. Um, day to day. Poor Lisa. Yeah, day to day. Poor Lisa has to deal with that. I call her at work every day and I'm like, Lisa, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> well, that's how we got onto the uh, Flat Earthers. So Yeah, because I, I texted Lisa and I was like, Lisa, watch this show. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll watch it. And then I was like, well, I'll watch it tomorrow or something. And then it went crazy. My obsession session this week is a new podcast. Oh, Jesus. And I think I spoke to you briefly about this during the week, but I don't think I talked about it on the podcast. I think I had to delete Obsession Session last week because we ran over so far. Uh, because you were drunk? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, she did it again. Yeah, my Obsession Session this week is a podcast called the James Potter Series yes. Podcast. Yes. So this is a Harry Potter fanfic. I heard about this Have this you? past week. What? Yeah, I swear, I heard about this. Oh my God. Crazy. Yeah, I heard about this. Um, yeah, so it's a Harry Potter's fanfic, uh, but J.K. Rowling has endorsed it, and it's so good that she's like, you know what? All right, yeah, let's go with this. Yeah. I wanted to download it onto my Kindle, but obviously it's not in the Kindle store. You can find this series um, in PDF format, mm-hmm. but look, as any of our listeners know, I'm not going to read it. I'm just not. Yeah, well... <laughs> When I heard that this story was in podcast format, I know on iTunes, that is for me. Are you serious? A (laughs) Harry Potter story in podcast format? It's like, hey, pickles, we made this for you. Here's a present. Here you go. Merry Christmas. Bless you. Right. So it's called the James Potter Series podcast. It's great. Go listen to it. Everything is free. It is literally just like J.K. wrote it, but it's a better story than the Cursed Child. 
it picks up with Harry's son, James, yeah, not you Harry's say dad. Because <laughs> I was like, Harry's dad did what? <laughs> no, not Harry's dad. Harry's son, James, in his first year at Hogwarts. And I L-O-V-E it. It's great. Do you, do you like it? I'm not clear. <laughs> what about you? What's your obsession session this week? My obsession session is um, two books I read, listened okay. to. One of them is called Daisy Jones and the Six. And it's mm-hmm. about like a 70s rock band. Cute. Obviously called Daisy Jones and the Six. It's very confusing. Um, but it's really good. It's, re- it's read by a bunch of different people. So it's like a, an, an oral history, so to speak, of this fake band. And it's just really, really good. I loved it. I listened to it in like two days. It's 11 hours long. I was like, don't bother me. I'm listening to Daisy Jones and the Six. So I finished that. And then I started my absolute favorite uh-huh. Um, the Greatest Love Story Ever Told by Nick Offerman and Megan Mulani. Okay. Oh, all so, right. So, Karen Walker. Uh-huh. And, uh, God, what did Nick play? What's his character in Office and Rec? Ron, Ron Swanson. Swanson. And it is fabulous. I can't even, I can't even. You know okay. I love Karen Walker. She's my spirit animal. I think this is the first obsession session you've ever had that you can't even. I can't even. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> just... I, I loved it. I loved it. so Like, you love that podcast. I love this book. Awesome. Yeah. What about you, Jesse? Do you have an obsession? <laughs> I didn't prepare you for this. As a matter of fact, I do. And awesome. I was just getting ready to say that. Okay. I really wasn't prepared, but yeah. um, <clears throat> I am. Okay. So um, I found out about Apple Books okay. recently. and um, I, oh, oh, I knew about it, but I'm actually using it now. Uh-huh. And I started reading Buddhism for Dummies. Oh, okay. A little something different. Sure. But uh, teaching me a little bit about enlightenment and mm-hmm. letting things go and developing uh, tools and, you know, how to h- handle, you know, your thought process and anxiety and all, all kinds of different things. I'm not in any type of damage, but just wanted to be educated. Oh, my God, Pickles, we should get this book. Uh, li- we, listen, it's We are it's very mental health forward on this show. We're very supportive yeah. of it. This is exactly the kind of thing that we would talk I've, about. I've read two. Uh, so there, there are free books on this also. Oh. Uh, so, some Buddhism for beginners and a Zen for those that want to do something or another. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm reading these books, and but the, the Buddhism for Dummies is, is a really great read so far. I'm enjoying it. Awesome. Glad I could participate in that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like I brought something else to the table. Definitely. I def, I wasn't sure if we were doing it, so I was like, I have something on hold just in case. We got to do it just in case we're short by like 45 minutes. <laughs> well, actually, we're only at 48 minutes, so. We're, we are right on time. Yeah, so. yeah. Don't cut okay, anything. Okay, guys, well, what are we watching next week? We are watching Queer Eye Season 3. Oh, I need some Queer Eye in my life. With all the girls. I'm so excited. Oh, and Self-love and moisturizer is what I need right now. <laughs> and remember, I told you I won that book on Goodreads. Yes. From Tan, who is yes. the fashion expert on Queer Eye. Uh, he does a French tuck. It has not come in. I'm, oh, I'm heartbroken. But I cannot wait to dive into it. So, yeah. And I think Jonathan's writing a book or has written a book, too. I try to do the French tuck all the time, and Dustin hates it, and I do it anyway. I do That's, it, too. I find it yeah. helps um, disguise the tummy. Yeah. La- ladies, ladies, hold on. The, the French tuck? The French yeah. tuck? Do you not know what the French tuck is? I'm new to the French tuck. <laughs> so the French tuck was, it was a guy's thing, but it's now crossed okay. over to ladies. Okay. It's just where you just tuck in the front. 
Yeah. Back in the day when Ed Hardy was like big, right? And those t-shirts. Okay. And everybody had like the cool ass like belt buckles. Yeah. That was a French tuck. I never did the French tuck. Okay. It's kind of hard to do it with a 36 waist. Okay. Uh, and I just didn't have that six pack. To... You can do it now. Maybe so. Queer Eye has endorsed it. Jesse, so. if you want to do a French tuck, you can do a French tuck. I'm going to try tuck. that French tuck I... tonight. Best thing ever, gigs come out of that And show. real quick, something else for you guys and your listeners. I don't know if you guys uh, get into Naked and Afraid. No, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. We got a new season starting Sunday night, ladies. Oh, you want to endorse Naked and Afraid? Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there for you in case you <laughs> wanted to mix it up. All right. You know, just throwing that out there. Uh, 8 o'clock Sunday night. Listen, we have a very <laughs> small window right now because Game of Thrones is starting back. And that will be all we talk okay. about. Okay. I haven't gotten into the Thrones, no. but... Could but, be inspired. But one thing that we did not talk about at the beginning of the show, because it wasn't in my notes, is that we do accept recommendations. Yes. If you have a recommendation for Binge Watch With Us, you can awesome. email us at bingewatchwithus at gmail.com. You should also follow us at, on Instagram at bingewatchwithus, all one word. Um, you can send us a DM there if you want us to watch a show or if you're watching a show and you just want to talk to us about it. Uh, send us a message. We will read it back to you on air. Also, rate us on iTunes that really, really helps us find other binge watchers and leave us a review. If you leave us a review, we will read it back to our other listeners just to give you a little shout out. (laughs) Which we have. (laughs) Yeah, which we've done a few times. Jesse, did you know that you are on an all five star iTunes show right here? No, I did not, but I'm uh, pleased and uh, very proud and excited to be here. Yeah. And I appreciate you late. Thank you both very much for uh, including me in on this. This is a great, great topic. Y'all made my week. Oh, God, I'm so glad. You Jesus. made our week, too. <laughs> my entire week. This is it right here. Awesome. You guys are great. Thank you very much. All, all right, guys. Well, follow us on um, Instagram at Binge Watch With Us, all one word, to find out what we're watching next week. It's Queer Eye. Um, <laughs> and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.